Hey there, this is Robert Clotworthy, and you are listening to the Oak Island Podcast. fans time once again for the oak island podcast we're talking the curse of oak island season eight episode 12 digging their heels in now if you want to interact with us over here at the oak island podcast add comments trivia ideas jawbone as it were Go ahead and find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can find all those links on our homepage. That's www.theoakislandpodcast.com. And if you like what we're what you are hearing, we are asking for two things. Leave us a review wherever you find your podcast. And second, become a patron. You can donate any amount you like. Maybe it's a one-time deal. Maybe it's a month-to-month thing. Even just a couple bucks here helps us keep the lights on. We would appreciate it. Again, you can find all these links on our homepage, www.theoakislandpodcast.com. Today, on episode 36 of the Oak Island Podcast, we're going to get to the bottom of the Curse of Oak Island, season 8, episode 12, digging their heels in. Now, I am joined, as always, by my partners in crime, fellow cougars Mikey and Billy, and we are enjoying some libations. Now, I, of course, have my usual. I try to buy the store out when I'm there. Austin Brothers, <laughs> Stefan Merkel. This is the new one because they had the Stephen Merkel, or I think that's what the original one was. This one's a little different. doesn't have the lactose in it. But uh, I love a good hazy IPA, New England IPA. That's what I'm drinking from Austin Brothers. Mikey, how about you? Boys, how we doing? Listeners, friends of the podcast, uh... I'm doing great. I am drinking tonight from the Mitten Brewing Company here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I have the West Coast Swing, which is in Amber Ale. Uh, So I'm going to give that a try tonight and get to the bottom of that. All right. Have you guys had the Mitten before? I've never never had it. Yeah, I've had the Mitten. I can't oh, remember yeah. the name of the IPA that I had, but yeah, I remember the, they're pretty little good. Tidbit, little tidbit. Supposedly it's the best pizza in Mich- in the state of Michigan, too. Ooh, really? Yeah. I wonder so, how they got that title. Uh, yeah, right? I don't know. I, I haven't judged it, so they haven't gotten my uh, stamp of approval yet. I want to be the guy that makes this decision. Right. Samples all of these things, and then I say, well, let me tell you the result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh one bite. Everybody knows the rules. Um, hmm. There was the so, west side of the mitten, right? That's in the old firehouse over there on the west. Yeah, side. yeah, yep, yep, exactly. West side. Leonard. Awesome location. The country strong ale is what I've had there from years past, and okay. very cool local uh, local brewery there in Grand Rapids. They're also up in Northport. I think they have a location up in Northport. Little uh, brewery know. off to the side there. Yeah. I'm going to take your word on that because I have no idea. Take my word because it's right. (laughs) Northport's great, though. Beautiful area. So a little uh, social media update real quick. Uh, This week, we celebrated uh, Mr. Scott Barlow uh, from the island that everybody knows. It was his birthday. 
So happy birthday, uh, Mr. Scott Barlow. Mm-hmm. And we have an email from a, a Linda Starbird. She emailed us wondering about now that the swamp is drained, why haven't they brought in the ground uh, penetrating radar, which is a valid point. point. Great question. Uh, You know, we get so immersed in the show. We forget about all these. I do. At least I forget about things like that. So it's great to hear from the listeners bringing it up and reminding us. Yeah, and they do this a lot, right? We will be chasing down a rabbit hole, and then all of a sudden, sort of the the producers put the timeout on something, and then we may not hear from it for several episodes before they get back to things. I mean, think of all these things along the way. Uh, Even Aaron Helton, as of lately, with the corridor, we just kind of lost that. Uh, All of a sudden, one day, we're back on the hunt for the 90 foot stone and then that goes away for a while Uh, so there's a lot of things like that and i can't imagine the logistics of trying to plan everything out and all the things you want to follow and bringing in the equipment and how hard that must be right to chase everything down so stay tuned for sure absolutely it'll swing back it'll come back to conversation but i that's where i can also find myself getting down these rabbit holes quite easily on these little things that they find you start researching into a button of some sort but then you don't hear about that button for three weeks and then you see it again you're like oh yeah i did all that research on that button so yeah let's see what brings back but ground penetrating radar in the swamp be a perfect scenario perfect setup where is it so hey that's uh what about you bill what's going on over there yeah i'm i'm ready to pop open my getting to the bottom of the underground mountain brown couldn't hear that out of the bottle uh from founders brewing and that's actually one of their imperial browns that's aged in the caves under grand rapids michigan also known as the gypsum mines from years ago you've ever been down there i remember taking field trips to the gypsum mines yeah Yeah, that's what i took a class down or we took anthropology or archaeology and we went down there and i'm ready to look for fossils and you get off that big elevator going down underground and there's groceries all over the place because of the (laughs) constant temperature they like to store groceries down there what was the name of that beer? I had never heard of that. That's an underground mountain brown. And the uh, the oh. label art there looks like a bunch of wood beams collapsed in an underground cavern. I don't know oh, what topic that, that may be referring to. Yes. Yeah. Well, we like things underground. So let's see what they found underground. Yeah, um, let's hop into it. Digging their heels in. And that would be season eight, episode 12, digging their heels in and the money pit discoveries of wood beams from searches out of the past. What is Charles Barkhouse once again talking about? In the swamp, something is definitely built here, but we need more information. So they're going after it and we're going to talk about it. We have more wash plant artifacts. Well, friend of the podcast, Mr. Laird Niven, come across again and dash dreams of what has been discovered at the wash plant. Don't call me Junior. And in the war room, it's a key year. 1492 is mentioned. Do we have a dated artifact going back to this year? Let's find out. So stop dancing around the place. Dig your heels into something and dig them into season eight, episode 12. Now, here's a little story I got to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. It started way back in history with that rock. Mike, it's been had a little 
Let's go. Swampage time off the top. The stone pathway is still being uncovered. Rick and Craig are focused on excavating this area with the archaeologists clearing out the fill dirt in between the stones to expose the whole stone path. This stone path, of course, looks like it could be heading towards the uplands, right? So Rick admits he wants to go a bit quicker, but look at what the archaeologists, how critical they are to this job. We would not see this stone path without them being on their hands and knees, brushing all of the dirt out of every place where those rocks and stones meet. So without them, we wouldn't know what this path looks like, but the team does want to move a little bit quicker to see where these features or this feature is going you know it's a it's a special kind of breed uh these archaeologists because it almost sounds like you know one of dante's levels of hell almost like a <laughs> uh, something you're going to you know retribution for a wrong you've done okay i'm gonna banish you to the island and you only get a brush and right. a little a toothbrush and a little scraper and you gotta you know get to the bottom of everything but to them and it's to jack just, bagley shovel, shovel like yeah like-minded people like that and i i would love to be turned loose on oak island with a toothbrush and a oh. scraper and to see what we could get to the bottom of but for many people i'm sure that is just a laborious task and you must Certainly. be on your hands and knees to do it you cannot yeah. stand up i mean that's some backbreaking work and the the sifting so yeah Hard work going in here. They're unearthing a really good-looking path here. But Gary starts snooping around, picks up a piece of glass, which, by the way, to our listening audience, glass is undetectable to Big Bertha, so that required Drayton's eyes to pick that out. Typical Oak Island, isn't it? Looks like it's from an old bottle. Could be 1600 to late 1700s. They call it a Dutch onion bottle used to store wine. Now, is that the little boy who uh, saved a town from a flood? Is that the same story? No, 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 no. no. Is, is, is this the one where it requires two people under the covers? No, that's something no. else. No, I thought it was that thing. too. I thought I heard that a few times. Yeah. 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 The Dutch Onion, onion. that's a satirical magazine. Tell me more about this Dutch Onion. I, I'm confused. Well, they'd like to store wine and rum and other liquids in these bottles. And they say that English privateer, a.k.a. pirate, Sir Digby, invented this type of bottle, which is thick glass for high seas sailing. So they're going to bag it and tag it for an ID. But it's used to hold liquids at sea. Are they selling it to the butcher of the store? We're going to try. Ah. Now, I did a little dig uh, digging on Digby Sir... Digging? Kenelm Digby, I did. This dude is fascinating. Now, they say he's the father of the modern wine bottle, and obviously he, he, you know, came up with this way of making this bottle. And he was in a book written, he and his wife were in a book written in 2014, so very recently. He was also in another book. And a third book, The Freegan Scarlet Letter. Like, he was actually mentioned in Nathaniel Hawthorne's Scarlet Letter. Now... Digby's father took place in the famous gunpowder plot, you know, Catholics versus the uh, Anglican church in England. Uh, His father not only took place in it, but was executed for his part in the gunpowder plot. Now, later, for obvious reasons, he goes from Catholicism to Anglican and back a couple times in his life. His uncle, first Earl of Bristol, apparently Maria de Medici from the famous Medici family fell madly in love with Kenelm Digby, but he didn't even marry her. 
He was a privateer. He said at age 24, friends with Ben Johnson, who has huge links to Shakespeare. In fact, Johnson gave his wife's eulogy. And later in life, Digby was his literary executor. I mean, some really high-powered people. He also palled around with Thomas Hobbes. Um, oh, here's one. When the when his wife dies, the crown suspected him so much they did an autopsy, which was unheard of at the time because they thought it was foul play. And one of the best stories, he kills a Frenchman at a royal banquet for bad-mouthing the king, and it was such a famous boxing match fist fight that there's all these stories written about it. Check out our website, theoakisland.com, and I've linked his bio, but also this like world famous fist fight that this guy was this guy got in. I mean, man, just very cool, really interesting guy. Well, what you need is a manager. A manager. Listen to me. I know because I've been in this racket for 50 years. Sounds like a Netflix series. Yeah, really. I wonder if he ended up smashing any Dutch onion bottles on anybody's heads in that fight, because those are some thick bottles, though, that they show on there. So they can clang clang together and not break. Wouldn't you suspect that there would be more glass around the area, though, than just this piece that Gary found? I mean, how is there just that one hand size? I mean, I don't even know if it's the size of a hand, but uh, that that size. It seems like there should be more scattered around about. So yeah, you'd think. That's interesting to me. Um, I think it's a big find. If they can get a date on it and get more information on it, that might be a, a pretty big clue to a uh, time frame. In the, so in look the what happens afterwards, though. Gary Drayton finds this artifact without a metal detector, and here we are talking about Sir Digby in a fist fight or at parties in part of a gunpowder plot to take over royalty or hierarchy. Little stories like that definitely make uh, make a cool investigation. So could this be a Dutch onion bottle? I don't know, but they found it, and they're going to try to identify it. They do end up cutting another trench, though, along the border of this stone feature that we know. They want to see if there are layers of this stone feature and possibly which way it heads off to. So Gary notes he didn't see any pottery. But they did note more stone and rocks, and Dr. Spooner says this was built as well. So they're running along the eastern border of the swamp, heading in a north-northwest direction. Could this be another path, or is this the same one we've been looking at recently? It looks like that's what they're going to try to continue to investigate and see where it's going. Yeah, it seems like to me this is a road leading to the money pit or to the north uh, west end of the island at the, the very tip of what you would say the elephant's uh, the, the head or, or the, the um, trunk. So if it's a road, I, I kind of got in a little rabbit hole myself and I looked up what is the oldest known road in America. In America. Mm. Just keeping it simple. So I, I ask you guys, where is this oldest known road and a rough time frame? I mean, this is, it should be, diff- this should be too difficult. I think you guys could nail this. If you, if you put your heads together here, you've said well, America again, right? Yeah. America. Yes. Yeah, so I've got to think like central America, like the Aztecs have, you know, there's gotta be something like that. It's either that or, if folks are listening to that question and are thinking, oh, 
not the natives that were living here. What's the first road built? Then it would be whatever okay. the road is off of Plymouth Rock. Yeah, I was going to say, if it's not Aztec Aboriginal yeah. First Peoples that we're right. talking about, if we're talking, um, what, Anglo-Saxon, um, then I'm going to say, I don't know the year, but I would sure 1550 is what I would guess. And I would say, yeah, Rhode Island, Delaware. 1620, Massachusetts. You're close. Bill's close. So it's called King's Highway. It still exists. And it's, uh, it goes actually through New Jersey right now. But it, it, goes, it went from Massachusetts to South Carolina. And it was built from 1650 to 1735 to link all the English colonies together. So that's uh, I got in a little bit of a, a hole there. And, and that's what Boy. I found. These English, we build you a road, it connects all the colonies, and then you turn <laughs> right. around as soon as we finish the road, and then you have a big war. Great. Yes. <laughs> Shouldn't have taxed us then. Sorry. <laughs> right. Gift <laughs> horse in the mouth. So Gary hits up old Big Bertha. Good question, by the way. Gary hits up old Big Bertha and gets a, what the heck is wait, that? Wait a minute. It's only, I got to say, wait, before we go back, it's only a good question because you, like, got it right this time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and when you... <laughs> yeah, he questioned. You didn't question? I don't yeah, like my those. My, uh, my <laughs> trivia questions, like yep. the integrity of it. When, yeah, when he gets them wrong, it's yep. the questioner's <laughs> fault. But when, when he gets it right, oh, that's a great question. Yeah. See, they couldn't handle Good me boy, on Jeopardy. Jared. That's why yeah. they haven't let me on yet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like them when I get them wrong. So, yeah, that's a good point, too, Jer. So, <laughs> uh, as I was stating, Gary does get a what the heck is that hit. And it looks like he's found a little latch, a lever, or a keg key. What would this have possibly be used on? And when he says keg key... I think he's talking an ale keg here, and you turn that spigot, and out comes your liquid. If it's not ale, what could it be? You think it's a, an ale keg, not like a pine tar keg? Honestly, like you know what I think it is? I think it's a modern-day piece of uh, metal from something that they've used recently that popped off, fell down. And now they're looking at it because even though Gary says the square feature in that piece doesn't look exactly square, I don't know. I just got a feeling that's more modern than old, but I hope they can prove me wrong. And then I won't like their question either. It seems like to me, it would be off a, a pine tar kiln keg. Uh, just cause there's a lot of pine tar kill action on the Island. Hmm. Um, I'd love for it to be off an L keg, though. That'd be a lot better, a lot more fun. And also, Gary, how he says the word lever, how he pronounces lever is the best. Lever. Yeah. Huh. Uh, now, I, I, I do, love it. I We should maybe, well, see, we're going to have this Gary Draytonism page, but that, that there's not only these sayings, like Bob's your uncle and some other good ones, but... Um, gobsmacked but there's also the way in which he pronounces things he's got yeah. that i don't know where it derives from that we should ask our listeners across the ponds like what specific region his accent can be traced to in england is it cockney uh, or is it welsh something right. like that it'd be, <laughs> yes it'd be, it'd be interesting to see but as far as telling a story i do like the idea and i said this on episode 33 this is episode 36 where the 
what is it? The stone feature is curving up and it's curving towards what we kind of say, we used to say the paved area. And that's when I said, if you look and I put it on the map on episode 33, there's the, the corridor that Aaron Helton mentioned. I, it, I know that's below the ground, but I have to believe that the stone feature and the paved area connect in some way. So I almost like I really think the ship shaped anomaly. If you're bringing cargo off the bow, you're bringing cargo off the stern, you then connect to a road with both of those bow and stern road or the paved area and the stone feature would connect to a trail that would then lead towards the money pit or some the pine tar kiln or some other area of interest. I think they are going to intersect on something. And we're finding these little bits of glass, little latches, like if people are carrying stuff and something drops, something breaks, you're, you're carrying a handle and something cracks, this is where you would find it. And I, I think that's really what we're leading towards here. Right. You know what I found significant about this lever or lever is, well, they haven't taken it to Carmen, but there it doesn't show burn marks. So it doesn't like it was in a heavy burn, like certain things in the swamp have been identified. Oh, that was in a, a huge fire. So I found that interesting. Well, I think they burned the ship to, to get rid of it, but, but beforehand they took all the cargo off, right? So the cargo yeah. wouldn't be necessarily sure. burned. I think they were hiding the ship in and of itself. And some stuff on the ship did obviously get burned, but this would be something a little bit more uh, valuable if you took it off the ship. It broke in transit as you're hiking it somewhere, you know? Right, right. So it would have had to have broke somewhere along the line to yeah you get it off the ship it. you're trying to take it right. to your camp or whatever and it breaks on the paved area or the stone pathway on the trail so he said it was in the swamp i thought yeah it, 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 it might have been burned or whatever in the ship if that's the case and that's what actually happened well, he, so, he found it on the the new paved area yeah. or the, the stone feature i guess they're calling it i forget how they I, we have i have um, a picture trench the yeah, trencher. where yep. it, it names the two, and I always get the two mixed up. But the the southern one, I guess. But if you the were to put one. if you were to put water in that area, that's that's the swamp. I mean, normally that is full of water, and that is the swamp. So right, right. Uh, it, it's interesting. Maybe more to come. They do call this a keg key. So I've got this image in my head though of the ship captain coming off, somebody carrying his treasure chest and popping the handle off that we found on last week's episode. He comes off and he takes a swig of his rum and slams the bottle on the ground. So there's Dutch oven bottle shards all over and turns to the sailor and goes, where's the key, mate? And the guy goes, oh, the key. Oh, oh, the key. Well, I think we may have just found the key. Who knows? <laughs> right. Little, that captain's getting pretty familiar with his uh, second <laughs> lieutenant there. If, yes. they're doing, if they're doing this in the bed. <laughs> a Dutch oven, why? Yeah. Hey, it all comes around some way or another. <laughs> it was a different time back then, Jer. I guess so, yeah. While they keep going in this area, they again are trying to find or identify this pathway's direction. In front of the podcast, Mr. Billy Gerhardt keeps using the machinery. He follows the features. Mr. Guptill comes over with Bob Prober to get an elevation reading. So they're kind of linking, trying to link these two pathways now, the paved feature that we have seen in episodes up to this point, and now this new paved feature off of the trench to take two elevation points of... Uh, of identification there. And it turns out Steve Guptel says, yeah, they're at the same level. So it's, you know, could be same time frame, but still the, the question is where are these all going? Again, if the, the fact that they're at the same level, you know, like yeah. 
I, I have to believe, and I want to see, speaking of stuff we haven't heard of in a while and they've gotten away from it, let's go back. And I think that was in one of our recent emails, either Tony or Linda mentioned this uh, to, to look for the ship-shaped anomaly. Um, I think that would be a perfect time to do it. And indeed, it, to me, if we're, telling a, if we're telling a story, it makes sense. There's a ship, you've got a, a stone pathway from the bow, stone from the stern, and it's going to take cargo off, and then you're going to connect to a more stable road in the middle that may lead to the money pit or whatever. So totally. We are going to be leaving out of the swamp in this episode. We've got to actually hit the wash table. The old wash table near 10X, where Alex, Peter Fernetti, Dan Hensky, and Michael John are still searching the spoils from 8B, 8 Bravo, which is near the Money Pit area, 10 foot southwest of OC1, where the wooden tunnel at 150 foot underground was ID'd, being from 1706. They hit little bits and pieces of wood, and then Alex picks up a piece of leather, and they immediately start hypothesizing it could be a boot heel from a boot, but they have no idea how old this is and they need to identify it and try to date it. So it sounds like they're going to be coming back in this episode uh, to look into it a little bit further, and we will touch on that down the road. Can't Jumping wait. into the money pit area, and I've got a rapid-fire trivia question here. I'm going to give you each 1.5 seconds to answer, okay? I was going to give you two, but you started chirping at me on how I don't like questions <laughs> that I get wrong. So we're penalized. So now you're penalized to 1.5 seconds. All right. I'm going to give you 1.5 seconds to guess who in the money pit area is at the spoils table doing an operation. I would have, I would have to Terry, go with the emperor. <laughs> Terry Matheson. The guy doesn't leave the oh, table. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, true. I'm going to take control of the screen here for a second because I, I want to show you guys to get a first reaction. This is on our website for episode 36. So, audience, you're getting a uh, first real-world reaction here. Okay, so this is episode 36. Here, here it is. Yes. You guys see that? Yes. <laughs> Can't wait for the audience to see this. It says, Terry alert, and then I created, like, a, a milk carton thing. Missing. And it's a good a close-up of Terry so you can identify his facial features. Terry Matheson reported to work on Oak Island one foggy morning. Terry was told to take a look at some some soil samples. Terry has not been seen since. <laughs> that's oh. awesome, Jer. That's good. Everybody listening, check out that. the site. Check yeah, out that's the site. Episode 36, uh, our website. You got to scroll down a little bit, and uh, you'll see the, the Terry alert. That's pretty funny. So our rapid-fire trivia is now over, and that is Mr. Terry Matheson and... Charlie Tree Cabin, Charles Barkhouse are there. Brennan McMahon from Choice Drilling is also there. They're looking at this new unearthed wood at an unknown shaft. Again, another unknown shaft. This is at hole C9, Charlie 9 at 95 foot underground. Terry says this could be a shaft wall. Rick and Craig show up, but Terry seems to be very unclear on what this is possibly from. So he is just off. It's shaped wood. It looks like it was used, obviously, in a support. And when he said that, isn't every piece of wood underground basically used as a support if it's if yeah. it's this big of a beam? But he, I guess he saw some curvature in it, which could mean a load-bearing, uh, you know, support beam. But they still don't know what it is. So they do the old Dan Blankenship test. 
and they throw that piece of wood in a bucket of water. And if it floats, I think we talked about this recently, if it floats, it's new. And if it sinks, it's old. And this sucker sank extremely quickly. So it's old wood, wherever and whatever this is. The additional core samples they're reviewing. And I've noticed that uh, Charles Barkhouse has stolen Gary's lightsaber. Possibly at this point starts probing around looking for metal in a in a weapon that I'm not sure if he really knows how to use. It was just awkward seeing him do that. It was weird to me. Well, and then like, didn't he? The hit went away, right? Yes. Like, yeah. I mean, is this a coincidence? Does anybody think that old Charlie Tree Crabbin, with a flick of the wrist, a sleight of hand, a slip of the eye, and boop, now the metal detection is gone? Gone. All right, move on. Yeah. But then, yeah. who do they call in? to try to identify it again that's right get that expert in here the jedi master gary drayton gets down there because as you stated charlie clearly lost the signal which is possibly another oak island mystery so as gary shows up he hits a piece of iron immediately thinks it's a nail in wood and i loved what rick did here takes the piece of wood and just slices it open he's not waiting anymore no don't don't let him get to it just get to the piece of metal or iron and that's what he did and they end up finding a square nail or a square end of a nail from at least the 1700s, Gary proposes. It could even go back to the Roman era to the late 1700s, but it's handcrafted. And as Gary says, he nailed it on that yeah, fight. Rick, yeah. Rick scores it a full Drayton was his yes. quote. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That what he, I didn't, I missed that. Yeah, because Gary, awesome. Gary, I think Gary says it first. Like we nailed it. To use yep. a pun, and then that's when Rick says, well, "Full Drayton." And I thought that was a very appropriate score there. That is, I, I didn't hear. That. I missed that. That's great. Marty heads over eventually to the money pit area to review another piece of rounded wood, which could be older, according to Emperor Barkhouse. This wood is from forty feet deep. Doug and Charles think this is part of the Tupper shaft from the 1850 Truro company with part of that team member was Anthony Vaughn. Remember, this is the second attempt to get to the treasure vault. When Adams Tupper, the mining engineer digs a shaft 10 feet away to the Northwest from the money pit down at 109 feet, they went lateral to go to the money pit or the vault from underneath, which of course resulted in not sunshine, nothing else except for flooding. Right. Typical old story. So they have to keep going or are they going to keep going after this is really the question. So now they've got this tupper shaft. They keep going at it. They need to review and advise. So a few episodes ago, probably our 31st, I want to say maybe 32nd. I was ragging on the money pit in this drill program. Mm -hmm. But as we're going along here, I think they're getting close. It seems like to me that they are close to finding something big here. I, I think this Craig's drilling operation is, is going to pan out and I'm very hopeful. So I'm eating my words from a couple weeks ago and salt on just, crow tastes good. By the yes, way, I'll just let you it know. does. I'm okay. eating it. And, uh, but like uh, Marty had said that the results aren't as great as what they're seeing in the swamp as the money pit. So I think they're getting close, though. It seems like they're right on the edge of finding something, maybe the money pit, something big, though. So going back to that 1850 Truro company, though, it was just the year before 
that Jer's favorite mysterious uh, disappearance of James Pitt Blotto happened mm-hmm. right before this Tupper shaft starts getting dug in there. So these are the, the years that the current team is investigating or they think they're investigating around this 1845 to 1850. But 1850 is the year of the Tupper shaft. And now are they going to look into it? Or are they going to go somewhere else? Time will yeah. tell. So here's, I guess, kind of my trivia question. And if you're dying to find the answer, you can uh, uh, look further at it. And I'll, I'll give you the answer, but you can look further at it. There's some really neat links I put up on the site about the Tupper Shaft. And it brings you to uh, one of my favorite uh, websites, the Oak Island Treasure Company. And they've got some really good information. But the Tupper Pit, as it's referred to on this website, was dug in 1815, as you said. Uh, was it Vaughn? And there was an original mm-hmm. guy, Anthony Vaughn, yep. was, Anthony Vaughn, was there in the dig. That was 1850. How many official oak? I mean, if you're talking about shaft number one, is the money pit? Okay. Okay. Right. How many official shafts were there up to the Tupper shaft? Two. One. See, it's very, so you say two, you say one. This is interesting. Technically, it is shaft three, 1850, but 1795 was shaft one. And then eight years later, they continued that one. And that's when they got down to 90 feet. So you're basically correct. It was shaft three, but it was the fourth major dig that was done. And what I don't get, because they dig shaft one twice, 1795 down to 30 feet, and then again, 1803 down to 93 feet. Uh, Then in 1804, they dig shaft two, but it was from 1804 to 1850 before uh, the next shaft was dug. What happened from 1804 to 1850? That's a good question. Uh, probably funding. Some people didn't have the funding or something. I'm not sure. I got 1827, Daniel McGinnis died. That's about the only remarkable thing I can right. look at uh, from the timeline proposed from Mr. Randall Sullivan's book. Yeah, and this comes from, uh, this is a picture I'm looking at that we have on our website. It comes from Darcy O'Connor. Uh, but it, I'm curious as to why there was nothing in between there. And then, like you said, the Pit Blotto thing. And mm-hmm. so in 1850, there are one, two, three, four shafts dug in 1850 so nothing for 45 years and then four shafts dug in one year i mean it's an odd little bit of oak island history and i I, i'm curious as to why the rejuvenation all of a sudden why it went away that's a big chunk of time though years 55 years whatever you want to look at it you know 1795 but Man, what mysterious stories did they start building on as well? Or did they need to raise money to come back? These are all questions that hopefully are out there. This is what I'm looking forward to in the off season, as it were, to I want I need to dig into some of these books that I know know Bill, you've read more, but to dig into some of the Oak Island lore and uh to get some of these backstories. Cause I love the Pit Blotto story, you know. That is a good one. He's yeah. working as a drill operator. He is seen to put something in his pocket and the next day nobody can find him. He disappears and then comes back like a year later buying interest in Oak Island. So he, he doesn't want to be just a digger anymore. He wants to be an owner. And so clearly right. whatever he pocketed motivated him to to climb that. Or motivated ladder. other people to invest in him too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he then went around showing people, hey, look what I found, right. look what I found. Can you invest? Yeah. Well, do you guys want to go for a car ride? You want to go for a road trip with Charles yeah. and Dougie? Let's go off to Halifax. <laughs> they go over to the Dawson print shop to speak again with Mr. Joe Landry, the bookbinding, rare manuscript, and leather expert to look at this new leather boot heel that Alex found at the wash table and the other large piece of leather that was previously located in the spoils of 8A. So Joe takes a look at it. The first piece he looks at is the first piece of leather that they found, and it's not book binding. It looks like a garment. It was used in a garment. It's got fine holes in it used to sew this piece together or to something else. And he noted it's a high-end finish for a very specific client. Not your everyday Joe or Jane is going to go purchase this thing because of the uh, holes that are observed in this that were used to uh, to sew it together. Second piece of leather, he does say it could be the sole of a boot, heavy shoes, thick material, looks more of a wealthy customer would have used this. Perhaps that officer smashing his onion bottles on the, on the shoreline <laughs> there looking for his key. Uh, but Doug says they can carbon date this, so why not? Maybe they'll try to carbon date something. You know, I get the image in my head uh, of this leather piece, this boot piece of an old-timey pirate with pointed leather boots. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Iron Sheik had pointed boots, too. He was not a sea captain. No, the kind of, the, with the leather kind of folds down around the cap. Yeah, right, right. right. Gotcha. It, it seems yeah. like that, that's the image I'm getting in my head when I when I think about this leather boot piece. So I think that's kind of cool. And did you finish the Captain Morgan after you saw that picture? Or is it, <laughs> no? Okay. Uh, no, there's still a little <laughs> bit left in the, in the fifth. All right. No, I hear you. Yep. Folded over leather. But man, somebody put that, that piece of leather on their foot or a heel. Who right. is it? Somebody Why wore it that. There? Yeah. Every day they put that sucker on, you know? Right. It maybe never came off for a while. Till it rested now on Oak Island. This little island out in the North Atlantic. And so the mystery continues. Well, and my curiosity is the fact that it was like they're talking about uh, upscale, wealthy people that would have this kind of stuff. What are upscale, wealthy people doing trotting around on the island? Right. Could they have been stolen? And somebody else was wearing them from upscale people? Questions could continue. But yeah, your question is, is excellent. That's some high-end material for people who are uh, moving something on this island. Unless now, maybe a road gold. Well, and, uh, so I'm thinking if it is somebody like that that has uh, royalty, you know, maybe they would have brought, I don't know, their wife or mistresses or um, people up for an adventure. So certainly somebody from that level of society that joins Rochefort Cold and joins these people want to have an adventure. So I, I could see that, how there is that that royal lineage, these uh, famous wealthy um, explorers like the Rochefort family, uh, people backing some of these privateers. I, I, I guess I could see that, but it just seemed very curious, like this place where I'm envisioning a lot of sweat and uh, s- probably slave I mean, labor and a lot of things going on. You don't f- see dainty clothing and that kind no, of thing. Look at all the evidence of all the laborious work that went on there. Yeah. So, yeah. Where's the, Duke, where's the Duke Don V's left boot sole? Huh? Right. There you go. Exactly. We are going to start wrapping up this episode of the Oak Island podcast in the war room. So we hopefully have some more dates to be confirmed here. 
from the Associate Professor of Chemistry, Dr. Krista Brousseau, an update on the rose-headed spike from the OC1 spoils that were located where it was located on the wash table, which could predate the money pit, possibly. Let's see what, if you recall, there's a little material that kind of sticks on this rose spike, and that's what they're most interested in, it seems like. So this spike is seven centimeters in length, the report said. It looks like it's cement, but it's a mystery material, very high iron content, low calcium. So she identifies it as coal ash or fly ash cement. And that cement concoction or variant is connected to the chapel vault material from 1897 investigation. And what that would possibly be used as, as Marty hints at, is a waterproof proofing yep. method around the vault so they put that around the vault another material in there in the middle but it keeps out the water and did you hear marty say it could be i think it was hundreds of years you could waterproof something with uh yeah. with a method like that so wild yeah this spike uh is definitely pre-1790 there's no manganese love saying the word manganese and possibly it's british origin so is there a link to the pine tar kiln that we've been investigating in this season, right? They end well, up coming. Go ahead. So, well, I was going to say, I put a, a link uh, or a picture of the, it's Artifact 303, the rosehead spike, but I put a picture of it that Dr. Christopher Rousseau was looking at. But like you said, very high in iron content, uh, which again was thought to be similar to what is around the vault. And you would figure there might be other similar um, that that material might also be found in other places. I mean, if they put it around the vault, which is way down below the earth and you're finding pieces of it up in the swamp, I, I doubt it's the last piece you would find of that cement like material. Totally. Whatever it's around is what they want to get at. So yeah. they come back to the war room later in this episode and they date those leather samples that we just had uh, been discussing. The two time periods, Craig notes, there's a very small gap in between the two ages of these two pieces of leather. So with 95% positivity or confirmation or confidence level, they date these leather pieces to between 1492 and 1662. Very old leather. Marty is gobsmacked. It's a big victory for the team to find leather in this area around the money pit and who knows i think they touch on it in the episode christopher columbus could have been yeah. wearing this piece those of leather on his dates. that's that's an important dating that they have there those those years gary hit it yeah i mean 1492 if leather's already there in 1492 right that's yeah, yeah. that's wild and i mean even 1662 is wild but right well, and we've talked in previous episodes, speaking of Rochefoucauld and, the, you know, the, the British military presence that was there uh, early in the 1600s. I, I'm certainly, I have to believe, though, that the money pit was sort of made later. Like, it either came down through Templar knowledge or it came down through uh, being there from military or some sort of story that came down that like, Hey, there's this great place that we could go. Like someone has some familiarity with it. So I don't, I still think the money pit, I don't think the money pit is necessarily earlier than we then, thought. You I don't just think it's earlier than seven, 1662. We'll say, I, I don't think the money pit is necessarily, well, that, 
I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, that's I like, don't know. Right, right, I, right. I kind of I am around I am around that point because that's when the Rocha called, I think 1624, 1622, 1627, roughly is when the Rocha called trip was. And then you had the Fort Lewisburg 1645 yep. I think it's around that era that, that era so early 1600s is what I would say okay that's interesting Man. I, th- I thought you'd be uh I kind of I kind of thought you'd be where I'm at a little bit and I'll tell you where I'm at where you at I, I I think yeah I think, let's let's get to the bottom of that <laughs> let's get to the bottom let's do it right now um, Merkel style I mean let's see I think that possibly if there's treasure it was buried early on in the 12 to 1400 okay. range. All right. Templar, you're talking. Yeah. And then I think that possibly it was passed down for generations and whatnot for hundreds of years. And if it was retrieved, I think it was retrieved in the 1600s. Mm, that's good. And I think I also think that if it was retrieved, it may have been retrieved by the British military to fund any type of, uh, activities well, they're, going yeah, on. They're we're fighting with France back then. Fighting with France or you know a, a lot of things. That's just my opinion. Now I it could be I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Bill? Oh, man, you're asking I know, it's, for a loaded, like, it's a loaded question. Yeah. So what I, I'd like to pick apart one aspect of of what I think is going on here. And recently or there's been a lot of chatter outside of the show with geologists proposing their hypothesis that this is more tar kiln related on the island than treasure like gold that we're thinking of or artifacts. So as I've got this now spoiling in my head, right? I immediately turn to the other side and go, well, then what about all the like human bone, the gold flakes, What's James Pitt Blotto disappearing for? What is all this tunneling going on? So I'm, you know, I have this thought of the pine tar kiln that they're focusing on in this season. I've heard chatter outside of the show about pine tar kilns or tar kilns in this area. And I'm saying there's too much of something else, way too many other artifacts for me to believe in just the pine tar kiln. But what year and what they were hiding I still need to follow the show. I still need to talk about it on the Oak Island podcast to get down to the bottom of my hypothesis. And I'm not yet ready to confirm what my true feelings are, but I don't think it's just a pine tar kiln or a no. tar kiln. Like no. it, the, the parchment, the VI parchment uh, that actually, if you read yeah, about, if you read exactly. about shaft three on our link, you're going to come across uh, the VI parchment. But I mean, they found that thing. What is it doing? down right. the whole 153 to 155 feet do you or, find this parchment with vi written on it and the human yeah. bone and the gold length of chain and even before then they talk about uh, blowing up this throwing the dynamite down to stop the, the flood drains why are people even building flood drains to begin mm-hmm. with you know yeah and if it's really uh, all it is is a pine tar kill in the money pit then why is there uh possible the uh, ancient chinese coin how why is that there how, how are things like that on the island nolan's all, cross nolan's cross yes coconut I mean, fibers all yeah. over a harbor yeah so we kind of got yeah this is another discussion that i'm more than happy to get into with you guys some other time 
Yeah, this is good fodder for off-season topics, the, the woo-woo-boos just... and perhaps the uh, some of the theories that we are... Right. It gravitating towards i'm still all about the shakespeare thing that's why i'm sticking to yeah. my 16 my 1600s 1620 ish time yeah. frame yeah so yeah. listeners you just heard what all we had to say about this Let, let's hear from you guys what you think about our three theories that we just proposed out there and, and mine isn't really a theory but it's dispelling another theory so Correct. yeah you guys really answered it better than i did i'm still in the formation i really am that, i don't know what's going on here up, dude but that recent geologist that proposed this to the world anybody could have heard it i i heard it it dude. rattled around in between the empty spaces yeah, of Bill my ears but jara you didn't and i'm gl- kind of glad you didn't because yeah, i don't it, care it, to yeah it, it ruined it ruined you our, guys- our like week Send me a link. I'll I'll post it on the website. It's just a woo woo boo, basically do that. saying why it's not what we all think it is. Right. But again, box drains, Nolan's cross, parchment, gold chain. There's too many things. Too much work has been done here to be just a pine tar kiln. Why are you why are you booby trapping it with box flood tunnels? Right. Especially on the next episode, the Fellowship of the Ring Bolt. Perhaps we'll get into more of those theories on why it's not just a pine tar kiln and something big is happening on this island. Awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to get into the next episode. I think we got a big one around the corner. As I've been saying, like we this one was pretty good, but we've we've been kind of, you know, chewing up the same stuff. I'm ready for a biggie to launch. But uh, once again, always good to sit down and jawbone with you guys and to interact with the listening audience. You've been listening to the Oak Island podcast episode. 36 we were talking season 8 episode 12 digging their heels in check out our website www.islandpodcast.com and as always we will look for you next time on episode 37 and 